Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. G'day everyone, welcome to what's going to be a little bit romantic this podcast, I would have thought. It's the last rugby league game of the season of the year, it's the Rugby League World Cup final. Who'd have thought it? Australia taking on Toa Samoa and Samoans around the globe were celebrating last Sunday morning when they made their way through to the uh, final on the back of an incredible semi-final win against England. We'll talk all about that. <laughs> Jared Condon, no wonder we've got to be very careful about what we say on this podcast because unbelievable the stories he's been giving us free. Uh, and as we say, if we could only put those on a podcast, obviously you'd have to listen to it after 9pm. Uh, check your local guides for details on that one. The usual suspects are here. I'm talking about Tristan Merlihan and, of course, uh, Jared Condon. Uh, how are we, gentlemen? We're all excited for the last game of rugby league of the season. Yeah, very good, Jimmy. Yeah, it's funny now. Like we, we normally put a little hour slot in our diary for when we record this, and I've had to tell my wife we're going to make it an hour and a half now just to get that half an hour, a little bit of us, <laughs> a little bit of juicy goss at the start, which is always very enjoyable. No, no, no we've got one game of rugby league left for the uh, for the season, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been a really good World Cup. The semi-finals, we had two cracking matches, and um, there's a very, very firm favourite going into the into the final, which will obviously go through. But uh, Samoa's done very, very well to get into this stage, and hopefully they can um, perform admirably on, on the weekend. Well, a 30-minute leading delay, delay today has just been trying to argue with Jimmy about what the lunch bet score is. I mean, he's, he's all over the place after... Two losing weeks and uh, all of a sudden seeing his scoreboard number drop. So there's been absolutely no gossip at all except for trying to get Jimmy to work out the maths correctly. Last time I looked, I was plus 14. Now I'm somehow plus four. So I'll tell you what, creative account. I'm going to get, I'm going to get uh, the outside, the forensic accounts to go through this, this lunch bet table. But well, anyway. Jimmy, when we get the accountants in, why don't we just start with a couple of weeks ago with Australia covering the line against Lebanon, and then maybe the update would have been last week with uh, you thinking England were absolutely going to whack Samoa, and that you, you were giggling about getting only minus seven and a half. The line started ten and a half, and it wasn't even close. Well, that's two. So <laughs> I mean, now I'm down to twelve, but suddenly I'm at four. But anyway. Uh, we'll get to that. Remember, like, subscribe uh, the podcast wherever it is that you're listening. You can do it uh, via Spotify, Apple, uh, Megaphone. You can watch us on YouTube, NRL Market Watch podcast. I like this. I like. I'm looking at the agenda and it says Jimmy back to back weeks lunch bet losses, and then about four lines down it says back to back weeks uh, losses for Jimmy. Like just to just to rub it in, but. <laughs> Uh, all right, you got it right, Jared. Samoa win uh, with a plus start uh, in the Golden Point, so that was a good collect for you. What was the overall collect for last week, and what's the overall tally for Pass It On Clothing, Tristan? Yeah, we've got the tally up to thirteen hundred and twenty-seven now. So we got the uh, the one collect there, just the one, unfortunately, this week. A hundred at the dollar ninety on Samoa plus eight and a half. So had a couple of uh, racing bets, didn't quite get the chocolates, but we'll have another crack this week. So, Tristan, does that 13.27, does that include the 600 and outstanding for uh, Jimmy's oh. lunch bet fines? Or? 
I can't see any entries through the account, so there'll be a little uh, bit more to come with uh, when Mr. J. Smith gets involved. So, so speaking of uh, forensic accounting, we might get them uh, pointed in that direction as well. But uh, listen, guys, on a serious added on. <laughs> on a serious note and passing on clothing, I just quickly wanted to mention, and we'll uh, publicise this a bit more in the coming weeks, but um, they're, one of their biggest supporters has been Anthony Pitt, um, and Anthony and Lara Pitt, as many would know Lara from her uh, Foxtel and Rugby League coverage. Uh, Anthony is uh, the owner of Academy Clothing, who have been a huge supporter of uh, Chris and Olga and uh, clothing support for uh, the homeless that they uh, look after every week. What they have done in the background is put together a package. We all hopefully uh, are lucky enough to be wearing underwear every day. But one of the key two um, areas that the homeless and unfortunate are looking for every week are underwear and socks. And um, the last uh, 10 or so months, Chris has been able to do a, a, a partnership with a great charity out of Melbourne with uh, Trent Cochin of... Uh, um, Richmond fame um, in providing uh, socks for the homeless and now with Academy Clothing Support, uh, a partnership where if any one of us was to actually log on and buy, and we'll have the link to promote coming weeks, they can then buy uh, a pack of underwear and at the same time, our purchase will then contribute underwear uh, for the uh, passed on clothing to support the homeless. So it's a great initiative. Uh, we're all at some stage each year going to have um, um, purchases that we're making for underwear or our family are, are or alike. We can now direct them to that link and know that any purchase for ourselves is also helping somebody else. Does that mean I don't put in the money now for the, is that, or do I still do that? All right. All right. No, no, no. You, you, you think of that number and double it. <laughs> I'm plus four, apparently. Uh, played 48. I feel like Terry Lamb in 1986, 50 games. But anyway, uh, Jared's on minus one. Tristan clawing back. He's still uh, minus nine. Uh, but overall, um, lots of money from us for Pass It On Clothing, which is not too bad at all. Semi-finals. Let's go back to them. Uh, thoughts on these games, gentlemen. Australia 16, New Zealand 14. I thought New Zealand threw everything at Australia. High variance game. Offload, offload, pass, pass and then ran out of steam. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and it was, you know, like it looked like it was going to be a quite a high-scoring, free-flowing affair in the first half. And then, yeah, ran out of steam, but there weren't many uh, points in the in the second half. And I think probably, you know, a lot's been made of those couple of disallowed tries that, that New Zealand potentially could have scored. But, geez, they'd be disappointed with conceding that real soft one off the penalty. I, I think that was... Uh, the, the thing that they'll be looking back on internally and being pretty disappointed with, but it was a great game of football. It was a game of two halves in terms of attack and defence. And um, yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, it was a, probably a worthy final. So um, we, we got it a week, week early and it'll be interesting what we get uh, this week coming up. I tell you that, that, uh, that tap and try off the penalty really bears uh, replay and watching because we had the runner come in behind Brandon Smith to, to let him know because the guy was exhausted. He was about to be uh, replaced in the coming um, uh, set of six if they were to get the ball. So Brandon Smith is half losing his focus and looking uh, to the trainer who's giving him that message. At the same time, there's suggestions that um, Anthony Klein actually didn't blow his whistle for the restart. Cameron Murray takes a quick tap and goes straight at Brandon Smith, who was half looking in a different direction, scores a try and 
the rest we know. Um, gee, I, I thought New Zealand was super in the first half. Australia a little bit off the boil, but off the boil on the back of that great unload game that New Zealand played. And you know, going into half time, it was 13 to 3, the, the number of offloads. It was breaking up uh, the, uh, the Australian defensive line. That second phase was getting them play, uh, consistent field position. Um, and you know, gee, then in the second half, they just, uh, in my opinion, uh, blew it, their, their self-error. And, Jimmy, you made the point on radio yesterday, which I agree with. I mean, fatigue really set in for them. Um, playing that offload game uh, really took a lot, of, a lot of gas out of them, uh, and they just weren't able to maintain it in the second half. And they led uh, uh, at half time and had 14 points. They couldn't score in the second half. You just don't need to give Australia that much ball and field position and opportunity with the strike that they have. And, you know, Australia got themselves back and went away with a win. I think they're on the up, but, gee, New Zealand, it's a matter of what could have been. There is the, the point to make about the pressure that Australia put on you physically too. So be, because they put so much physical pressure on you, because it's so hard to get out of your own end, you have to pass the ball, right? And as soon as you aren't prepared to pass the ball or, or lose focus or, or are fatigued, then it's almost impossible to get through. So that, in fairness to Australia, although they're not playing well, they still put this enormous physical pressure on you. And, and, and that's what's going to be really interesting in this Samoa game. Can they... Can they do the same? All right, let's go to Samoa 27, England 26. Uh, this is an opportunity where I think Sean Wayne will have nightmares about this because they played so well all tournament, they saved their best for last, Jared. Well, they did, Jimmy, but as so I made worse, the point... Worst to last. Worst to last. And as I made the point last week, I couldn't believe the level of swing that there was in the market on the back of, I think, a bit of hype behind the English and the fact that they had been playing very well, but not necessarily beating anybody that had stood up to them, um, but they did. They, I think, they, whether they got caught up in reading their own press or uh, they didn't start with a physical bash through the middle and the dominance that they'd had um, with that. Um, and they had everything rolling for them in that first half, yet went into half time behind the eight ball because they, uh, you know, Paulo was off for 10 minutes, yet they couldn't score. You know, they, you know, Watkins got over the line and dropped the ball, which sh uh, should have been a try and could have put them in a, a much better position. But going into half time, um, you know, Samoa with far less ball, a 6-2 penalty count against them, uh, still dominated the, the metres, the post-contact metres um, and the physical side of the game. But they also ran into the same headwinds in the second half of fatigue. I mean, they got out by eight and then it got back to eight uh, to even. Then they got back out the, uh, a lead of six. Then it got back to even. We went into golden point time. And, gee, I thought England off the kickoff, two really basic errors just gave the game back to Samoa. They end up coming away with it. I have to say on the back of all of that, Jimmy, it's just been absolutely fantastic, I think, uh, the World Cup. I think what it's done for the game internationally is outstanding. Uh, let's hope that the changes that are being mooted for uh, next year and a potential annual calendar come to the fore. But to see Samoa now um, get to a quarterfinal and win, get to a semi-final and win, and in England, and now get into this uh, classic matchup at Old Trafford, where already it looks like we've got 64,000 seats sold. It's just outstanding for Samoa and for the, uh, the uh, island nations and for rugby league. My problem with that is, I agree wholeheartedly, but the, the, the problem with that is what, what's the calendar look like? Because at the end of next year, 
that's the only time you can play these internationals. And at that point, unfortunately, it's not a World Cup. So clubs are going to exert enormous pressure on players to not play. If you've got a niggling injury, don't play. Get it fixed. Um, and that's going to put pressure on those tournaments. Anyway, we'll wait and see. Remember, it's a it's a 31-week season of the NRL next year. The 27 rounds plus the four rounds of the, of the semifinals and the grand finals. So uh, that's what we have ahead of us. Give us an understanding of the market. Give us an understanding how the market's fluctuated during the course of the, the week uh, as well, Tristan. Yeah, no, it certainly has uh, jumped around a little bit. So we opened the market up at uh, 17 and a half and it was there for a little while at 17 and a half, hovered around about that line. Then we shot it all the way up to 20 and a half. It only briefly touched 20 and a half for, a, for a, probably an hour or so. And then it popped back down to 19 and a half lane, the plus. It has been a bit in and out. Um, the total points is 45 and a half in this game. Obviously, the Aussies very short at $1.08, Samoa $7.50. So Australia are expected to win. All the uh, the interest is going to be at the line and the totals. When the teams come out, we'll have our anytime try scorers out, which aren't quite. Um, oh, yeah, no, sorry, they are out at the moment. So we've certainly got all of those markets there, which, um, yeah, we, 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 we'll be, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of activity, I feel, on the same game multis on this match with some uh, try scorers into lines and totals and that like. Um, teams is interesting. So Jared and I, you separately uh, and, and, and myself have heard word that there's going to be a change. I, I spoke with Trevor Gilmeister earlier today on radio and it, I, I just sort of threw on, you know, what, what are we expecting from teams? And he volunteered, oh, you know, Mal's looking at how he might be able to get Ruben Cotter into the game at some point. What have you been hearing, Jared, around what the Australian makeup might be? Something very similar, Jimmy. And if we go back to last week, I couldn't believe that Tino... Uh, came off the bench and then didn't get into the game until you know about 20 minutes to go. He and then made a clear impact. And yes, playing into a game when fatigue was starting to set in, he was going to stand out. But um, I would have thought that he started in my side. Um, I would have been leaving Jake out, and I would have had Cotter coming off the bench. Um, I think one of Australia's problems over the last couple of weeks has been that they're swapping and changing and moving key players around hasn't settled on the right combination and the right game plan. And one of the things that they were lacking against New Zealand last week was banging it forward and their, their yardage and trying to uh, break the advantage line. Now, uh, Tino certainly does that for you and he also stiffens up, I think, the defence. Now, the word seems to be that Campbell Gillard may be the man that misses out. Tino uh, starts and Cotter comes in on the bench, uh, which also suggests that uh, Jake Dubojevic uh, retains his place. So there's no doubt that he's a high work rate player and he cleans up a lot of stuff and does a lot of stuff. I would have gone with the two big men and left Jake out because I think Campbell Gillard and Tino starting and then Cotter coming off the bench is where you want to punch New Zealand back. Uh, sorry, the Samoans through the middle and try and match what they have up front, but also dominate your yardage moving forward. Because if Australia get a little bit of room to play, they have the strike to really hurt the Samoan team. Uh, you're not going to believe this. I literally have had an email come through uh, from the Gallagher Kangaroos, a National Rugby League media release. Meninga has made no changes to the 19 players selected for last week's semi-final. Squad listed in alphabetical order with official squad numbers is as follows. So that is absolutely no help. Uh, whatsoever until we, we actually get Official there. squad numbers. Uh, Jimmy, who's wearing 53 this week? <laughs> it's not ridiculous. I think there should be someone in 53, but that's a story for another time. Uh, Jimmy, is the Samoan team on that same uh, list? No. No, okay. No. 
So you're, you're the presumption, well, uh, Manu Brown is out. Um, we know that Danny Levi is out as well. Chanel Harris Devita looks like the man moving to the dummy half position, which we know is such a crucial position in any game of rugby league, let alone a rugby league World Cup final. Um, that's that's problematic in my mind, Jared, around how this Samoan team plays. Oh, Jimmy, it's a disaster. I, I, um, I can't believe that the markets are where they are. So, you know, if we go back a week ago, Australia started minus 12 and a half against New Zealand. And I suggested that if I thought New Zealand named up, that looked a little bit too generous. But if we then look at then the Samoan side into this week, they have no recognised hooker. They'll then look to play Tavita Harris, who looked all at sea and under fatigue in playing that role last week. Who then is going to play the backup behind him? I mean, you know, they'll be handing out Guernseys to somebody walking into the ground at the moment because they're so short on key players in those key positional roles. On the back of that, I have listed at least another um, five players that are now missing from their squad if we go back four weeks ago. So we're taking six or seven key players out, including the two starting number nines. Um, and of that, there's at least three key forwards. Um, I don't know that there's been enough media focus or exposure to the fact that this Samoan team is so much thinner than it was weeks ago. And though that impact last week was one of the reasons that, you know, when they got leads against England who were poor, that they couldn't hold on. It's a complete different cup of tea this week. Um, you know, Australia got the opportunity to pick their best 17. There's already arguments about amongst us who starts. I mean, Mal's got the luxury of just picking the best. He's got no major outs. Um, I think the line, at, when it went up nine and a half and it's, it's been eight and a half and there are some places who've had seven and a half this week, I, I'm just gobsmacked at that number. Uh, I personally think it should be mid mid to high 20s. I think 26 and a half is at least somewhere where I had it marked. All right, before we get to actual tips leading out of this game, uh, Tristan, thoughts on the the side that Mal settled on, which you know I think we all agree probably should have settled on it earlier. Maybe he was trying to keep the peace. but uh, And then the criticism that comes to Munster, to a degree, Cleary more directly, uh, and then the manner in which they're playing. Um, it, it's sort of fair and unfair in a way. Yes, they haven't played as well as they could have, but we understand the circumstances of that. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and you know, I, I think if uh, if maybe a couple of things that had gone a little bit differently in that semi-final, we'd be having a completely different conversation right about now because I think by not uh, settling on that side against that against Lebanon and, and giving, you know, a, a week to get the, everything into rhythm, I think could have really impacted that result and it probably did. But now they're at a point, I suppose, where they've had that run there, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be confident if they can get a few points early against Samoa, then you would probably expect they'll be able to run up a bit of a scoreline. So, yeah, I, I, I think the criticism is probably warranted in, in, in some event, but I, I certainly think there's a reason behind it. And, and I certainly, you know, I'm still a little bit baffled as to as to how that all unfolded. Well, I, I, I agree. I think the criticism is warranted. But as a good friend in England said to me earlier this week, you can just see how this is now going to unfold. And Mel now potentially walks away smelling like roses and it was all OK. Um I think the criticism is valid. I, I think chopping and changing the team since Lebanon onwards, in my opinion, has uh, not been right. But there's been an expectation as a dollar fifty and then a dollar forty and then a dollar thirty 
warm favourite that Australia would just waltz their way through. Well, now not playing England, playing Samoa who are busted with a whole heap of key outs. If Australia end up waltzing through here and win very comfortably, well, Mal just puts his hand up and says, G'day, guys. See this? This is the World Cup and we won by a big margin. I don't know what all the hullabaloo is about. Yeah, that's right. He'll win the World Cup for the second time, joined Bob Fulton with that distinction. And um, I think he's signed for next year. But beyond that, you know, you've got to remember the next World Cup's only three years away. So 2025 in France. Righto. Come on, Jared. What, what's your tip? And can they cover the line, Australia? Oh, no, they can't, Jimmy. I, I, I think the line's way too low. And, you know, I, I love what Samoa have done the last couple of weeks. I think what they've done for the game is outstanding. But, you know, the, I just hate the fact that they're now going to go into this game uh, so undermanned in, in key roles in the middle. Uh, plus, uh, they've got no Tago on the outside. I just think they're going to be up against it with uh, forward pressure and momentum through the middle from Australia. Um I'm sure it's going to be rusty and, and bits and pieces coming out of dummy half and their ball play. It's going to put a lot of pressure on their seven and their, and their six. Um, I think they're really going to struggle. I think Australia then just power away with the game. I think Australia win very comfortably. I think they really put their foot down in the second half, go away with a big margin win. Um, I'm very comfortable that Australia cover the nine and a half. I'd be very surprised if it's, if it's uh, closer than that. Uh, 45 and a half is the total points. I'm, I'm, well, it's, you know, I think it was 43 and a half a couple of days ago, 44 and a half yesterday. I think it heads north. I think Australia put a lot of points into the game. And conversely, coming back, the one strength that Australia have had through the last three or four weeks is their defence has been very, very good and they've worked very hard uh, in keeping teams to low scores, if not, um, I think their best has been one try. Uh, against them a couple of weeks ago. And then New Zealand last week got 14 and got nothing in the second half. Where do Samoa points come from? Australia for mine comfortably. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with uh, with you, Jared. Like the, um, I, I think probably the, the the line is maybe artificially compressed a little bit just due to the fact that it's it's a final and that's always the narrative out of out of finals. But I think with the number of players that, that are out, it's going to certainly be a difficult conveyance for for Samara, I think if there to be any chance of covering, they've got to be probably in front after the 20 minute mark, which as you say, Australia's defense has been so good. I don't, I, I know that, that they'll be uh, lined up in a similar sort of way. So yeah, the total points, 45 and a half. I just got the feeling that the, the back end of this game, there might be a, a number of points might really open up. So maybe even looking at your second half totals might be a, um, a way to come into the game as well. But yeah, I certainly in the grants, I think it'll be a, a uh, minus uh, victory for the Aussies. The romantic part of me wants it to be a one-score game with Samoa pressing hard and the siren sounds and Australia win the World Cup. But, you know, the, um, I, I get nervous when we're all nodding with each other. I feel like I'm standing in the back of a Dan Andrews press conference and we're all agreeing. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, but we're doing the same. I'm going to go the minus 19 and a half. I'll take the dollar ninety-two. I'm going to extend that, though, Tristan. I'm going to have a look at any time try scorer, right? To score a try, Latrell Mitchell now... The Fox has been the beneficiary of some really good uh, on a plate of service from Latrell Mitchell. But when the great Latrell is left out of the team of the tournament and Tim Laffey is included, along with Stephen Crichton in the centres, it's like, uh-oh, that is red rag to a bull type situation. So I'm going to go anytime try scorer Latrell Mitchell, $2.13. We'll all up that. And that'll be $4.09. That'll be, that'll be my... Uh, 
tip for this Rugby League World Cup final. So, Jimmy, just stepping into that team that they've announced for the tournament, I mean, was uh, Williams the best number seven? He had the most tries, which, which when you win a game 60 points to six, <laughs> but then again, Australia had their chances with, well, you know, for, for Nathan Cleary, you can accept, okay, he's not going to get the best halfback. Jerome Hughes missed a number of games, had an outstanding game and then was very quiet. Um, Milford, no. Um, so, yeah, George Williams, yeah. I, you know, I, I, could, I could argue that one. Yeah, I thought that was a little line ball. And, uh, and, and so, Jimmy, you're leading us down a path where there's no lunch bed here. Is that what you're trying to suggest? Well, well this is the problem. What you can do, given the fact it's $2.13, you know, it's almost toss of a coin. If you don't think Latrell will score, say Latrell won't score and we go head to head with the lunch bed. Oh, seriously, you've, you've been reading the nursery rhymes this morning. Um, I'm sure Latrell's lining up for a try, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm happy that you've finally, after a number of losing weeks, have decided to get on the right side of the uh, ledger here. And uh, yes, I think Australia do cover. Ring a ring a rosy, your pocket full of posy. There we go. So uh, well done on that one. All right. That might be another one of those T-shirts we can get done for you, Jimmy. Mate, hey, life's too short to bet the unders, Jared. You know that. <laughs> That's an absolute classic. We're getting that one done for you next year. There's no doubt about that. Now, we will be having a closer look at the NFL. We've been to week 11. Can you believe it's been fantastic? I know there's even some people who are suggesting that the Detroit Lions can make a real impact on the NFL this season. Um, but why don't you update us, Tristan, on the, uh, the NFL playoff picture when you start doing some markets around the AFC and the NFC? Yeah, the Detroit Lions are off the bottom of the NFC North for the first time in a long time this deep into the season after two comprehensive, uh, I think, three-point victories against Green Bay and Chicago. So, yeah, if they can win their last seven, then there's somewhat of a chance to, to sneak into the playoffs. But just having a look at the um, at the outright betting, it, it's been a fascinating tournament. The Buffalo Bills are the favourites. They're at $5.20, but... They've certainly been a little bit iffy in their form in, in recent weeks. The, the Chiefs are into $5.50. Philadelphia, they dropped a game that um, I think it, a lot of people expected to win against the uh, the, the Washington Commandos. And uh, $7.50 now, that beat that ruins their undefeated run. The 49ers, $10. Minnesota, just cruising along under the radar. They're at $11 with the Dallas Cowboys at 14 and Tom Brady's Buccaneers there at 17 So... Um, there's been a lot of ins and outs teams in form, out of form. It's been a uh, variety of upsets. So it's certainly been a fascinating uh, start to the season. Jared, who's your pick for, uh, for this weekend? Well, the other two thing too, Tristan, is, um, I mean, you've probably ordered another Mercedes this week because the latest stats are that 54% uh, of the games to date after 10 weeks, uh, the underdogs are covering. I mean, the underdogs are absolutely having a, a red hot run at the moment and we're seeing some major upsets week after week and um, you know, a couple of teams at the top of the uh, of either the AFC or the NFC and the, you know, the Chiefs and the AFC, well they just keep ticking over, don't they? Seven and two. Um, you know, on the opposite side we've got the Eagles, they were eight and zero, now eight and one. But I, I tell you, it's very open uh, either side behind that. You know, we've seen the Bills now drop two games where, you know, if we'd gone back three or four weeks ago, the Bills challenging the Chiefs and many in their power ratings suggesting that the Bills were in front of the Chiefs. 
now dropping those two games. Well, the Bills this week have their arch rival in the Browns at home, but there's snow of anywhere between two up to six inches forecast for that game. Um, yeah, the, the Bills could be in a fair bit of trouble um, in the snow with some key outs against their arch rival. So there's a lot happening at the moment. Listen, I thought the better, um, a little sneaky bet for mine at the moment is the Dolphins. I love what they're doing at the moment. Um, they've got young uh, Tua, this uh, up and coming quarterback who's on a rookie contract, which has meant they've been able to spread a lot of key money around key defensive and attacking players. And he is really coming to the fore with his arm at the moment. A left armor, he throws like a bullet. His accuracy is brilliant. $18 to win the Super Bowl. There's a little sneaky bet from Jared longer term. Um, That's something I'm going to be playing. Best of the week, I thought Dallas Cowboys coming off that surprise loss to the Packers in overtime. They go to Minnesota to play the Vikings, who also come off a surprise overtime win against the Bills. I think the Cowboys have got a a, a bit of a point to prove, and they have, a, uh, I think, both a a ground-running game and some defensive um, prowess that's going to trouble the Vikings. So the, uh, the Cowboys minus one, $1.85 with uh, top sport at the moment. That was my betting player of the week. And longer term, I'm having a little interest around the Cowboys at the $18. Jimmy, are you, uh, you into anything this week? Well, I'm, I'm concerned about the Miami Dolphins when they've got to head north in the winter and win in the cold. So um, that is the concern around that. So obviously, if they do go to the AFC match, you'd think it's against the Chiefs, probably at home. So Kansas City is not the not the warmest place on the planet come January. But um, beyond that, there they've been they've been very good. I think it's been that that um, so many upsets, so many so many of the the underdogs have been playing well. Who'd have thought the Seahawks would be six and four with Geno Smith? As their quarterback, um, Pete Carroll's done it again. And Tampa Bay, say what you like about them. Um, he, he's done it too many times. Brady gets them wins when they need them. Uh, and they're five and five and there are thereabouts. You know, the other good story from the NFL this year is like New York's such a great city. They love their football. They haven't had a good football side for a long time. But both the Giants and the Jets being competitive this year uh, makes that a very competitive conference as well. But um, that's a good story coming out. I, I'm going to go head to head with you. You want a lunch bet? You get a lunch bet. All right. Here oh, beautiful. Okay. Uh, my man Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings. Dallas Cowboys six and three. You're going to take the minus one. Okay. I, I, I'm all over that because um, that is the, I can't trust Dallas. I you know to to be leading 28 14 and then to like the demons of Lambeau Field Pass just came and haunted them. And they just couldn't get it done against, let's be honest, poor old Aaron Rodgers and his pop gun attack up there with, with Green Bay. So I'm with Minnesota. I, I think the... And, well, well I, Jimmy, just, just on the back of your confidence, and given that we don't have an NRL bet uh, this week, yeah. um, did you want to double that up? We, we have a two-lunch bet on this one? <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, I just add a bit of, bit of spice. I mean, you're now very you're confident getting, about getting, the Vikings. Now you're just getting greedy. Well, I just thought I'd add a bit of spice instead of having singles. I mean, they're a dollar ninety nine, the plus one too, the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, you know what? I'm flowing against the market, and you know, when everyone says zig, that's when I zag. So, Jared, yes, two lunch. Beautiful. Oh, I love, I love that, Jimmy. Now, just listen, to give Jimmy. you a little bit of confidence, Jimmy. 
Um, I was very, very keen on Minnesota as well. So I'm sure that'll thrill you with, fill you with a lot of, uh, with a lot of uh, happiness knowing that I'm on the same side as you. Thanks, Tristan, very we, for, we, thanks very much for a sleepless night, Tristan. Uh, Tristan, should we have a little side number one, just one lunch bet with yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, will, yeah. I, I think we'll do that. You and I just have one and then, then oh. Big Swinging Jimmy can have the two. That's <laughs> big Swinging Jimmy can have the two. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, right. a, couple, a couple of points just on, on teams that you touched on there. What about the Dallas Broncos? Uh, uh, sorry, the uh, Denver Broncos outlaying such an enormous contract for uh, Russell Wilson and going like absolute busters and all of the noise coming out of that franchise at the moment is so horrible about how that is not working. Um, And then you're right. I mean, up north is uh, the old master himself um, just ticking away with the Seahawks and, uh, and just, you know, turning a season that nobody thought they would see. And then on the Bucks, what about that game in Munich? I don't, looking at the coverage, they had an absolute full house, their first ever NFL game, which was the Bucks against the Seahawks um, in Munich. And the crowd atmosphere was just stunning. Absolutely stunning. And there's sing, singing, all these Germans singing, you know, Take Me Ro- a Home Country Road and Sweet Caroline and all these songs. And even um, Brady himself said in a press conference afterwards, just the absolute atmosphere of that for 15, 20 minutes after the game was amazing. Yeah, I think um, they're talking about where, where next, where next. I mean, you'd love it to be Australia, but the gridiron has a huge history in Germany uh, when the Allied forces were there in the 70s and they'd play. And um, you look about the Europe uh, NFL League and in the end, they're pretty much all German teams that were playing in that. So um, massively oversubscribed that game and the, the global expansion of the NFL continues unabated. All right, so we're all set up for that. The double lunch bet, the single lunch bet, um, the plus one and a half, the Justin Jefferson Vikings, away we go. Let's get to some racing, Jared. What have you found for this Saturday? Well, Jimmy, I, I was I was just a little bit flat spot there about five minutes ago, but gee, I'm just so excited now. Uh, off the back of that uh, NFL, uh, Jimmy, let's go to the Sunshine Coast. Um, big meeting up there for a Saturday. Uh, I thought race eight, uh, number ten, Linthorpe Lad won its last two, but the conditions of this race it gets in with a similar weight, uh, drops slightly in in grade. Um, and I thought the race uh, fell away a little bit. It, it's been in cracking form. So I went uh, race eight, number 10, Linthorpe Lad at the Sunshine Coast, 340 at the moment. Jimmy, I'll just stick with that winning um, staking formula of 100 all in. And if you wanted to have a lunch bet at the Sunshine Coast, I could always cater for that as well. Mate, here we go. Um, <laughs> Tristan, have you got one for us this week? Summer Loving, give you, can please give the listeners an update on Summer Loving. Ah, yes, I don't have a, a tip for us uh, for this week, but yes, yeah, Summer Loving is uh, is going to go around in the Wyong Magic Millions uh, around about the 14th of December, something in that sort of vicinity. So uh, certainly uh, exciting times there to, to see how that will go and obviously runs well and it'll be heading up to the Gold Coast Magic Millions. But uh, it's a really big day of racing, not not just uh, as, as Jared touched on the, um, the big meeting at the Sunshine Coast. We've got racing all around some various tracks, which probably don't normally get the Saturday attention where... Ballarat, we've got the Ballarat Cup, we've got the, the gong at, at, at Kembla Grange. And then over in Perth, we've got a really big meeting there at Ascot where the railway stakes uh, take centre stage. And looks a really good field. Alaskan God, $4.40 into $4. And the one that I don't mind down the bottom is number 16, Tricks of the Trade. It's been very, very well backed. I think it's going to be very, very hard to beat in that race. But yeah, certainly a really good card of racing. Away from the Flemington Carnival, 
Um, it's amazing how racing just seems to keep churning it out 52 weeks a year now. Speaking of, Kembla, a race one, a number one tap and run. Uh, excuses both runs this time back, uh, draws a better barrier, gets the 1,400 at the right stage of the prep. Uh, looks good tempo on paper as well too. So tap and run to launch late, Jared. Uh, and I'm just looking at the price here, $6 and $2.40. Uh, the all-important staking plan here, Tristan, uh, I'm going to go for the collect for Pass It On Clothing, $50 each way. 50 each way, very good. And that's at the $6 at the moment, tap and run. So we'll get that locked in. Yeah, I have to take my hat off to you. It never ceases to amaze me uh, every week how many stables you have contact with you and you've got the direct dial in and now we've got the stub stable having a runner at Kembla Grange and you've already got the push. Yeah, oh yeah. Stubbsy got hold of me and said, Jimmy, you need to get to the, to the Stubbsy. Stubbsy. Stubbsy's already on, right? That stable's on. He said, no, nah, tip it to the crew, right? We've got the price. So there. I'd imagine that tumbles in a fair bit over the next couple of days, Tristan. Yeah, very confident. I, I, I can already see the traders out there. I've been trying to get the hand signals out to them to get it in before this uh, this goes live. So I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be a few putters that will be launching in uh, on the back of uh, the, the hot mail there. Kembla race one number one. Yeah. Just, like, just like the Vikings have gone the plus two. Mate, is it plus two? Where are we? What did you say? Was it plus no, it was, mine. It was, it was plus one for you. Plus one. You. Oh, right. Just to clear that up. Uh, well, gentlemen, that's it. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of confidence around. Many of it are misplaced, but anyway, uh, that's that's all good. Uh, enjoy your Rugby League World Cup final. Enjoy your Week 11 of the NFL and uh, enjoy your racing as well. We'll do it again next week. Thank you, gentlemen. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.